we as human beings we tend to get really caught up with ourselves and i i would say that's when we're most the most miserable because we think it's like all about us and we're, we're all this stuff is happening to us and somehow if you just sort of pull back the camera lens and say you know start asking what is what is my part in this universe in creation what is my part in that what is my role in this in this whole kingdom and how do i fit into it you know and one of my greatest questions is god can you show me how to express myself for in the ultimate way for which you made me show me what that is when you open yourself up to that possibility you start asking those questions things start to come to you you know realizations and understandings about yourself everybody needs to start asking to wake up the possibilities the illumination the solution the insights the wonder of brand new possibilities. What now, what do we need to do? What's our next step? And keep asking, you know, stay on that asking bridge. Why we say it's the bridge from your dreams to your destiny, because if you stay on it, you keep asking, your life will be revealed to you as you go. That's Crystal and Mark Hansen talking about their new book, Ask. And I'm Brian Felcher. This is Do A Day. You'll hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times, overcome them, and have turned around to help others with what they've learned. I'm your host, Brian Falchuk. I know we can all overcome and achieve because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do A Day, and that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. Go out and do it. Day doers, welcome back for another episode. Today, I have a slightly different episode. I don't often have two people on at once, but there's a power couple that I had to have on. Today's guests are Mark and Crystal Hansen. If those names sound familiar, they should be. Mark Hansen is one of the authors and creators of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, which is the best-selling book series ever in the planet. And his wife, Crystal Hansen, is an author and coach and life changer in her own right with a number of things that she's done, including her book, Skinny Life, The Real Secret to Being Physically, Emotionally, and Spiritually Fit, and her work as a coach, as a realtor, um, as an inspirational speaker, and more. The Hansons join me today not to go into their backstory like most of my guests do. I mean, we touch on that, but it's more about this powerful message in their new book. It's the first book they've written together. It's just come out. It's called Ask. And for those who followed my work, maybe seen my third TEDx, you know that anything about asking for what you want, about using that as a guide to get to your dreams is going to resonate with me. And that's exactly what it's about, except it's not just about your dreams. It helps you discover what your dreams are and to bring clarity to them, but it's really about your destiny. So it's like moving one step beyond that. It's what you really must be doing and how you must be living. Powerful stuff. And similar to the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, it's done through a variety of stories from different people. So you get all of these different experiences in each of the pieces of advice that the Hansons give, so you can hear how that advice is lived in the real world. Really interesting, really powerful, and actionable stuff. Join me, and you literally will be joining me because we just were jumping right into it. We were having this awesome conversation. I was like, wait, let me hit record and let's just go. And so we were just kind of midstream. So you're going to come in in the middle of Crystal talking about, well, you listen to it. Let's jump in with Mark Hansen 
and Crystal Hansen about their new book, Ask. Oh, so the inspiration for Michaela, I, um, it was interesting because we, we love the idea of a fable and we wanted people to, we wanted to write something <clears throat> that could get people in the heart and spirit of it without, without being in their left brain, you know, just sort of feel the story of it. So I started writing this fable of Michaela, just started kind of rolling with it um, based on um, basically some of the dreams that I've had in my own life. Not mm. exactly. I didn't follow them exactly. It's not my story, but I've been blessed enough to have these amazing dreams that have guided me tremendously. And I know without a doubt that there is something beyond what we see in this life. I truly know that there are um, what I believe benevolent beings who love us and guide us. And we feel so, so for for those times when we feel alone, I just, I just wanted people to understand you're never alone. There's always yeah. something outside of what you're seeing and you are important. You matter. And so um, it was just fun, so much fun for me to write the fable of Michaela because it starts where we all feel sometimes in our lives. And that is, you know, Michaela's in the, in the stone quarry and she's hauling rocks every day and her life is just so heavy and miserable and there's no joy. She's lost her parents. And, and all of the hope and love and joy has gone out of her life. The light yeah. has gone out of her life. And then she falls into, you know, trouble sleep. She's even lost her home. So she's sleeping in the grove. Yeah. And she falls into an exhausted sleep. And the being comes to her and takes her on that journey, as you know. And then everything changes in her life when she follows the words that he tells her. So yeah. I'm so happy that you you enjoyed that. It's, it's beautiful for me. It's... um it is a really easy story to picture, right? Like the stories throughout the book, I mean, the, the style of bringing in people's stories and their experience to teach the lessons, that's how I write. I think it's beautiful because then someone out there, if this last one didn't resonate with them, the next one will. And so there's something that will hook you and you say, I get this. Um, so I'm, I'm all for that style. But this first, the way that you open the whole thing, it's like, I do feel like universally people can paint the picture and see themselves there, whether they start saying, well, that's not my life or I didn't struggle with that. It becomes irrelevant. So beautiful way to open the whole thing. Well, by the way, she had, she had written four parts to it. You're the first one we're telling it this, this way too. And I said, look, I, I, as as you know, when I'm as the world's best-selling author, I want to do something new each time. And we have three principles. It's got to be unique. It's got to be transformational, and that story will transform you if you're alive and conscious and have yeah. uh, spiritual awareness, I think. Now, we can talk about any one of those things you want, and then it's inevitable. And I thought, I said, Crystal, I, I got goosebumps reading every part of this, but I, I want you to do it a little different. She said, honey, what do you want to do? I said, and I'm, I'm got goosebumps telling you right now. I said, <laughs> I want to squish it together. She said, whoa, whoa, no, no, we're going to do a four-part book. I said, no, honey. I've never, and you're the first one I want to tell them for whatever reason. We both have brothers named Brian, and we don't have the same parents. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. I said, I, I said, sweetie, let's switch it together, and we'll start the book with that. She said, will the publisher accept? I said, so far, he said he'll accept anything and won't edit us very much because I don't like, I don't mind yeah. editing grammar, but I don't want him editing thinking. Yeah, but, yeah. And, and we do, I sell more books than anybody because I, I, we think different than anyone. It, back to that thing, it's unique. and it. You read this, and, and I, I just got to assume, and, and let me ask you, I've never asked anyone, yeah. did the Michaela story hit you well enough spiritually and mentally and, and that that you told your wife or your kids? Yeah, I did. Um, so I was in my backyard 
on this hammock that I've been dreaming about buying forever that I finally bought. Good for um, you. So that like there's a there's a, like the whole moment, right? I'm just at peace outside. Um and I was taking the story in and I went in and and I just had to I knew my wife it would click with her very much. Um so I had to share that with her. And the I mean, so we we should pause so I can sort of introduce you guys, but then get right back into it. This is an episode that's just going to start mid-thought, because why not? Um, so Mark and Crystal Hansen, thank you for joining me. Um, people should know who you are. If not, they're going to by the end of this. But can you give us kind of the, the high level? And, and maybe they haven't heard as much about you as a couple in that context together. Maybe, you know, they, they know the Chicken Soup or the Soul Series and things you've done on your own. Um, but can you give us the sort of 30,000 foot view of, of where you guys are at? And this episode for listeners is going to be different because of that context. So if you can just give us a little taste of who you are. Well, first of all, we keep getting told we're a power couple because <laughs> we live 24 hours, 24, seven, 365 together. We travel everywhere together. We love each other. We've got five kids, six grandkids. We are in absolute adoration. We both are speaker, writer, thinker, and serial entrepreneurs. Um, the bottom line is that, uh, you know, I, I've gotten, I've been very blessed to participate in the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, written 309 bestsellers and, and love doing it and, and think that if you're going to work, you might as well. I, I believe we're here in life for two reasons. You're here to create and you're here to contribute. Now, if, if in the people that are locked down right now, which are a lot of people listening, they're hanging on by their fingernails. What we're going to say is it's time to re-pivot, reinvent, rethink, re orchestrate yourself because you probably have 30 percent to half now we can argue the number but who knows yeah. but are gonna have to rethink their life i'll let you introduce yourself honey well yeah so mark and i um came together um in 2008 i got married in 2011 um but yeah from the from the time we met it was just sort of magical um i wasn't expecting to i wasn't looking to meet anyone i had been recently divorced he'd been divorced for three years and my mother sent me to this event and because um, <laughs> I was promoting, I had a, I'm a transformational life coach, clinical hypnotherapist. And I was writing my first book called Pure Thoughts for Pure Results, which I'm redoing now. But um, it was just this random thing. I didn't want to go to this event. She's like encouraging me. She's like a day and a half later, I'm at this event in, in, uh, from Arizona. In, it was in LA. And uh, Mark and I connected the VIP reception and we just started talking. And... Um, we we just couldn't stop talking and yeah. it's just we he ended up inviting me to dinner um so, and so we went to dinner and uh, we didn't even date for that first summer we just became friends i said i'm not ready to date but we yeah our friendship was so deep we would talk on the phone and we just shared so much of the same beliefs and understandings in life that it was it was almost like it was this natural partnership mm. that I never expected, you know, to, to be a part of But Like Mark said, we're together all the time and our work just kind of fits together. And yeah. we love, it's been fun because ask, um, this book that we were just talking about, yeah. ask the bridge from your dreams to your destiny is the first book we've co-authored together. And we didn't know how that was going to go yeah. but it went remarkably smoothly. I mean, we just kind of, um, each wrote our parts and pieces and kind of blended it together. And I'm kind of more the final editor of everything, like blending everything and putting in and then taking Mark's brilliance and then taking my coaching stuff. And, and it was surprisingly fun and, and just a really great discovery process for both of us. Yeah. With your permission, I'll go back to, so, so we're at the, uh, 
VIP thing at this author's one-on-one lady spills wine all over her white pants. I, oh, when we I, met, yeah. I, yeah, I got, I got a ton of people saying, they all want two minutes. And I get you know, a thousand people, you go, oh, yeah. but I see that happen. And because I'd seen this heroic glow around this beautiful, blissful woman, <laughs> I run over, grab her hand and say, I know where the club soda is. So get that solved. I say, look, uh, I'm hungry. It's 9.30 at night. I, I, and we can't stay here because everybody wants to talk to me and that just isn't going to work. Would you be okay if I, if you're hungry, can I take you all off site to dinner? She said, yeah. So long story short, we get to this restaurant and there's a long line. It's a Hollywood type restaurant. And I thought, oh, hundred dollar bill isn't going to get you in. So we walk up and the guy looks at her and sees how gorgeous she is and says, okay, I give up who she is. Who is she? Now remember we're teaching ask. Yeah. So I said, you don't recognize her? <laughs> <laughs> now, now his mind's going through people magazine as fast he can. He goes, no, no. Uh, I said, She's the queen of Denmark. He starts off by going and saying, no, she's not. Yeah. And, and then he says, oh, my God, she is. Who are you? I said, who travels with the queen? <laughs> he says, oh, my God, you're the king. And like that, we had a table. We had the best service and everything. And all those other people who stayed in line didn't know who we were. We were which is, yeah, just, just jumping goofy. around. Yeah. And it kind of took on a life of its own. It was so funny. But, but it, 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 it emphasizes how good and how fast and how poignant and powerful and meaningful the question in the right place can be. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to say then Crystal's like, wow, this guy's a liar. Maybe I shouldn't be with him, but uh, I <laughs> that's great. he's kidding. And then yeah. it was like, I was, it was too late. Yeah. He's totally joking. <laughs> I know. I was like, Oh, like, do I need to speak with an accent now? I don't know if we have to keep this going. <laughs> exactly. Um, so we, I mean, you are here to talk about your book and that's one of the things that's, that's different. Usually for people who are newer to the show, it's, it's the arc for the, the guest of what they've been through, that struggle they had that taught them the lesson that brought them through. You guys are, are a bit unique. Yes, you have your stories that got you to where you are. I mean, Crystal, you talk about it in the book that led to your real estate business and, and bringing yourself through. Um, but for me, the, the thing that, that brought me to want you, that wanted, brought me to want you on the show, I don't, whatever. Um, it, it's this notion of asking. And I had shared with, uh, with your assistant who reached out this TEDx I did about why you just need to ask for what you want. And that's, that was in my mind as I'm reading, I'm like, more people need to stop talking themselves out of possibility. And so I absolutely love the notion of this book. So we can talk about your backstories, but I want to get into this message and why it matters. And I think most importantly is how, right? So what are the, the things that we can bring? And you guys really do teach that, the, the reasons why it matters and how to start bringing it in and, and what kinds of questions and how to think about it. So it became a very practical piece as much as it is sort of everyday inspiration. Let me compliment you and say you understand that the possibilities right now, because we're in the most adverse time for not one of us, 10 of us, but 8 billion of us yeah. locked down. And, and what you just hit on is the word is historically, I've been called the ambassador of possibilities and Crystal will talk to that in a second, but everybody needs to start asking to wake up the possibilities, the illumination, the solution, yeah. the insights, the wonder of brand new possibilities. Yeah. That's right. And we, we discovered there are actually three channels through which to ask. It's not just, you know, going out and asking everybody for what you want. There's so much more to it than that, Brian. But uh, the three channels are ask yourself, yeah. ask others, and ask God. And each of those channels we discovered are equally important. 
And the people who, who seem to be the better askers, sort of what we call the master askers, are those people who, who deploy the art of asking in those three ways more throughout their lives. And those who are sort of like falling short of their dreams and goals don't really understand the power of asking. So when we sat down to write this book and we started gathering our thoughts around it, we're like, it is that one thing, if you had to break it down to that one thing, because there's so many things we can learn, you know, awareness and all, all of these things that we learn yeah. in the self-help industry, motivation and goal setting and things like this. But, you know, it's just this simple tool that each one of us has inside of us. And that's the ability to ask. But what happens is, it gets shut down through our lifetimes. You know, when we're, when we're born as young children, all of us are born as master askers. We've yeah. all seen it. You know, we, we want to know who, what, when, where, why. And we also want to ask for more and more and more. And that's natural. You know, that's natural yeah. human spirit wanting to grow, evolve, and learn. But over time, just through, you know, school, parents, life experiences, job experiences, rejection, all of these things that happen to us, the ability to ask gets crushed and gets yeah. shut down. And so we're saying, we actually um, discovered there are seven roadblocks to asking and we can cover those if you want to, because they're important. We realize that all of us have at least one of those roadblocks, if not more. Yeah, I think that's, it, it is worth digging into. And the the first one of the three places to turn to ask, or the, you know, the three people to ask being yourself, I do think, that's the one so many people overlook and they they almost ask other people on behalf of themselves because they wouldn't trust their own idea or haven't haven't done the exploration or maybe they're scared to right and it's if that, you're that yeah. journey that we have yeah. to if you're scared to so so when we're stuck when you're stuck you're stuck because you don't have answers right so if you remember this to ask yourself first if this becomes the reflective journey what is not working right now why am, why am I feeling disappointed? Why am I feeling hopeless? What events are going on that I need to take a deeper look at? Mm. You know, and, and the questions are endless. But we say there's there's kind of a a template of questions that you can that you can ask, and and many sub questions will come under those. But it's sort of like the reflective ask yourself part is like asking yourself where where am I right now, and then the second one would be where do I want to be. Mm. And all of the questions that would come under that. And then the third one would be, what specific actions do I need to take to get there? You know, and so if you start that asking journey, it just starts to reveal and reveal and reveal. You ask a question, you get a solution. You ask another question, you get a new understanding. Ask another question, you get a plan. And so the process just unfolds like that. And it's really magical. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm curious about the God part. And I know that could be a question or that could be a topic that some people are like, Oh, it's one of these shows. I'm not, you know, I'm not a religious person. I'm not interested in that. This is not a religious show, but that, that does matter. That piece of it, whether you're God fearing, God believing God, whatever, or God, nothing, yeah. there's, there's something in this question that's beyond you and me. And I, I do want to touch on that if that's okay. We can go as deep as you want. And, and America is great because it is, as it's, it says it's a God-fearing nation and in God we trust on every dollar bill. So the easiest way, we teach a lot of ways that it works, but one is when you need something, if you don't know your purpose or you don't know what we're calling your destiny right now, and we're saying everyone has a destiny and everyone has a great destiny, and that's why I put it as a subtitle. Ask, the bridge from your dreams to your destiny. 
is that what we're saying is you go to sleep, you close your other eyes, and before slumber, you say at least 400 times, because then it permeates, penetrates, fills the inner space of your mind. God, what's your destiny for me? God, what's your destiny for me? God, what's your destiny for me? Because half the people, 4 billion people right now, or if we just do America, you know, 150 million people at some levels don't know their destiny. And it may be all 330 million of us don't know their destiny or some, I'm just saying, hey, look, no matter what you've done, and I've done a lot, and we hang out with people that weren't doing well in school. I'll just give two quick ones that fit here. Uh, because school teaches what te- school teaches, and we're having trouble getting them open as we're doing this podcast today. But the fact of the matter is, two guys weren't making it in school. Quincy Jones and our dear close friend, David Foster. Now, there's nowhere in school that teaches you you can become the greatest orchestrator ever. And if you don't know who David Foster is, he orchestrates everyone from Barbara Streisand's breakthroughs to, to, to uh, Whitney to, you know, um, Celine Dion. I mean, just... Amazing, but you, there's no one in school that will find out that, that you know, because you can't do English doesn't mean you can't orchestrate the, the most sublime, life-lifting, soul-penetrating music. I mean, that, that is God's gift. And some people out there right now don't know that they weren't supposed to be at a low level. They got a high level. They got a phenomenal privilege to go have breakthroughs if they learn to ask. And I think just to Mark's point, all those people who are very successful at things like that and took a different path always had an awareness that they were created for something different. Mm. You know, that God gave them the, these talents, both David and I believe Quincy too. They both have this sort of spiritual understanding that maybe your gifts are go beyond what you see around you and, and you know, the normal path. And so for, for us, I mean, even for people who don't, have a firm faith that God is out there for them. Um, you know, we, as human beings, we tend to get really caught up with ourselves. And I, I would say that's when we're most, the most miserable because we think it's like all about us and we're, we're all this stuff is happening to us. And somehow if you just sort of pull back the camera lens and say, you know, start asking, what is, what is my part in this universe? You know, God created this amazing, alive universe, everything, you know, all these people and beautiful things and life. And it's just humming with so many things in creation. What is my part in that? You know, start to start to ask those questions. What is my role in this in this whole kingdom? It's not just about me. It's about all of this. And how do I fit into it? You know, and one of my greatest questions is um, God, you know, Show me, can you show me how to express myself for in the ultimate way for which you made me, you know, show me what that is. Mm. I, you know, I don't always know. And so when you open yourself up to that possibility, you start asking those questions, things start to come to you, you know, realizations and understandings about yourself. You have to be open to them to see them. And that's, that's a real, or, or to take them for what they are and not to reinterpret them in the lens of I'm not good enough, I'm terrible. I, I had a talk today with someone about the idea of wasting time yeah. and she was defending the time she wasted as self-care. I was like, yeah, I, I'm all for self-care. My issue is with the phrase wasting time because you've immediately framed it as, you know, and I hear people say, oh, I didn't amount to anything today. You know, I just laid around all day. It's like, well, okay, you were covered rested this notion of wasting time it puts it in a negative frame so we we may not be ready to hear those messages or see those keys because we framed ourselves as not good enough 
as you know, people who aren't doing well in school because they're meant for something greater, if they haven't caught that yet, they're going to be in that negative. I'm a failure. Everyone hates me. I'm the weirdo, you know, all those kind of, how do you, are there, are there questions that help you break through that? Well, let me, let me just do one of the stories we did in chicken soup, a kid named Sparky. The kid failed every class in eighth grade, every class. He couldn't do anything. Mm. And, and he went out for sports, couldn't do anything. Gets out for golf, which he thinks he's going to be great at, and misses everything. Finally, barely graduates high school, but he has this one little talent that, that he even did artwork for the, uh, his high school journal, and they wouldn't accept it. So he applies to Disney, and again, they turn him down. And, and so what happens is he feels like rejected. So he does a little cartoon strip that became the world's biggest cartoon strip. And he made 50 million a year. And Sparky is AKA Charles Schultz. Wow. And, and what he does is, yeah, Sparky is, is his nickname. Yeah. Right? So the, the point is, is that Sparky, and that's why you tell the story the way you do, because you don't know exactly where it's yeah, going. Yeah. And, and what happens is he asked himself, what is my talent? And what Crystal and I believe and why we wrote Ask is that everyone has some stellar, unique, remarkable talent. And the only way we know of, and we've been around the world, 80 countries, we've been everywhere, and we meet wonderful, talented, well-educated, personable people. But the one thing they're missing is to really become masters at asking, first, like you just said, very articulately and eloquently, who am I and what is it that is my better than good talent. I'm not just supposed to be a typist. I'm not yeah. just supposed to do algorithm. I'm not, what is it that I can do better than anyone and just go manifest that like Sparky did? Well, and I think the important thing to remember about his cartoon is what made him successful was, you know, he had the ability to draw, but what he drew, the, the character he created was himself, this yeah. kind of loser kid who always failed at everything. Charlie Brown. Charlie yeah. Brown, but there was something that was so relatable to that, you know, yeah. as human beings, we all have a piece of Charlie Brown inside of us, you know, we've failed at this or been rejected at that. And so it was that very thing that, that was, you know, his biggest problem in life that he stuck because he stuck with it and he believed in himself enough to just keep going. And I mean, the millions that he made and the, and the lives that he's changed through yeah. that. It's just, just such a remarkable story. And in the book, we talk about, Brian, um, how to prepare to be a good asker. And I think that's just what we're talking about right here. It's yeah. The first thing is belief. You have to believe in yourself. You have to believe that, first of all, an answer is out there somewhere for you. You just have to stick with it. Keep asking. Keep asking. Stay with it. And you have to believe that you're deserving of an answer. You're deserving of more in this life. And then, of course, there's visualization, you know, using the power of your imagination. And um, people sometimes have a hard time with that. But what Mark and I like to say is just imagine, right? Just say to yourself, okay, I am already perfectly successful in my life. I am, I am the absolute epitome right now of what I believe is success. Mm. Okay, And imagine that. Shut down your left brain and just imagine that you're already there. And then start asking yourself, who am I seeing every day? What activities am I doing? What am I enjoying the most every day? Yeah. yeah. How am I making a difference? And when you start with the end in mind like that through the power of your imagination and start to ask those questions backward, it is just amazingly revealing because it, it literally creates the architecture for your life. Yeah. 
it wasn't in a deliberate way rather than randomly like we've been doing, right? Right, right. No, and I think, so I always try to start with self-love. I think without that, the rest of the work is is not worth it because it's not going to stick. It's not going to land anywhere. But this notion of kind of envisioning and people talk about vision boards or, um, you know, another, another book, The Secret, that's, it's all about where you want to get to. And I think this, the oversimplified version of it is like, oh, I already won the lottery and I'm a multimillionaire and, and people laugh at that. And it's like, it, that's what you're talking about is much fuller than that is have that vision, but now start to paint the rest of the picture. And I mean, going back to the Michaela story, it's, it's the whole picture comes into your mind as you're reading it. It's all those other pieces. And that then tells you, oh, there's something here that I wasn't thinking about. I need to build that. And okay, this is the domino that led to that domino falling. So I got to put this one in place. It, it fills out that picture and you know where to ask. Yeah. That's why we started the book with that story, because it really sets this beautiful template for what the asking journey really looks like and how beautifully productive and verdant it becomes when you start to deploy the art and science of asking. Yeah. It, it turns out that even later today, we're talking to a major film guy that wants to take the story and do exactly what you said. Hopefully, <laughs> I was going to ask, uh, yeah, I was going to ask after we recorded, I was like, is this, this feels like a movie to me, is it? I at least want to read the rest of it. Let me talk to that. We did a, as you know, we wrote everything we knew about asking. We did the total research, found out that asking is omni-beneficial. Yeah. And then we said, wait a second, why don't we find the 26 best askers? And one of whom we interviewed was a guy named Jim Stobel. And somebody had sent me his book called The Ultimate Gift. Great book. But I got into it and I went, oh my God, this has got to be a movie. So I wrote that on the back cover. Ends up, Jim makes it into a movie that made him $100 million. So we interviewed him for the book, and the guy's just pure wisdom, and, and he's blind, and he created a long story that I'll have to skip right now. But he, he well, leverage this whole whole interview we're doing. He, he, he was going to be an NFL superstar. His dream was that at 19, he gets recruited. The doctor comes back and says, Jimmy, I'm sorry to tell you, kid. Worst news, i got to give you six months from now, you're going to be permanently and forever blind. Well, he ends up being self-incarcerated in a 9 by 12 room, complaining and moaning. His mommy comes in and says, Jim, get on the blind meeting. Maybe they can tell you something. He gets there, and they're just echo chamber of negativity. But fortuitously, he sits with this woman that gave the question that answers everybody out there's uh, question next to, to Kathy. And he said, boy, I used to love to watch TV and somebody throw a right hook. Somebody ought to narrate that. Mm. She said, wait a second we're somebody we could fix that why can't we narrate that yeah and that's the question of the day why can't we do something to fix this and they created narrative tv watched by 14 million people a day which excited people wouldn't know that it exists but that's what exists in movies and tvs they own it they created it but jim says now i write books that i can't read and i write movies that i can't watch and he said i'll thank you every day in my prayers for seeing what you just saw for us that uh, I saw for Jim, you know, years ago. Um, fantastic story. And that one line in that question is, why can't we? Right, that's, that's back to the point of possibilities. And so many people are, but we've never, or we couldn't. And <laughs> but wait, I'm not laughing at the people. No, but it's it just, that's everything we do, there's a first time we did it, which means right before that, there's a we've never, or I don't like, everything you've done in your life didn't you didn't do at some point so 
this is where this notion of like, so why aren't like, if, if you didn't actually try, you'd just still be laying there in the fetal position, you know, forever, including like you wouldn't eat. So you still wouldn't be there. Um, it, but it's funny then that we justify not trying, not asking because we haven't, or we couldn't possibly, or not me, like everything you've done was a not me at some point. Right. Everything everyone's done was a not me. And it's, and one of the most important things we've learned personally, individually, is that it's those questions, those tough questions, Brian. I mean, sometimes it's a tough question you have to ask of yourself. I know, you know, in my story in the book, for me, it was, you know, how did I get here? And I'm, am I really trying? Am I doing my best? Yeah. And, and Or like the one Mark just said, why not me? Why can't it be us? And, and then being able to answer those questions honestly and saying, okay, yeah, honestly, it could be us, but what now, what do we need to do? What's our next step? And keep asking on, you know, stay on that asking bridge. Yeah. Like we say, it's the bridge from your dreams to your destiny, because if you stay on it, you keep asking, your life will be revealed to you as you go. Yeah. And it's really miraculous. And we did a lot of uh, research on it, you know, just studies on asking and what happens when you, when you start asking yourself questions, your brain literally lights up in a different place. Okay. So now your brain becomes a better resource to you as opposed to just sitting there because we've all been there. We're stuck. We don't know what to, what to do. And so it's easy just to slide into this hopelessness or this, you know, just unknowingness and this abyss. But if you just simply sit down and start asking those right questions and listening to the answers, you will pull yourself right out of it and start to move again. Yeah. Yeah. So I do need to hit on this piece of it. And then I'd love to touch on the seven, the barriers to asking that we have to overcome. Um, it's very easy for someone who doesn't know your stories to presume, oh, look, you know, Mark, you've sold more books than anyone. So what do you guys know about struggle? And like, you've had it easy. And, and Crystal, like, you know, look at this platform you've got, like, they don't really understand my hardship is not something they could comprehend. So that's great for them, but I'm not starting from where they started from. Um, shockingly with chicken soup from the soul for the soul was not loved by the publishing world and was not you, you not begged, but had to stand up in church and ask your congregation to support it. And Crystal, you, you were a single mom with not a dime to your name and had to rebuild a life while also providing for kids and building something and there's a lot of people who they'd be like, oh, she was? That's what I'm, that's where I'm at. Or why well, I didn't have it quite that bad. Um, there is an aspect of we've lived it. So we're not just speaking from a place of privilege. We have asked and built for ourselves. Um, so I, I think that's, it's important for people to realize because it is very easy to just see on the outside and be like, come on, they don't really know what, like, that's very nice for people who've made it to say, oh, you just need to ask, but they don't know my life. Well, I'll do my story and then she can do hers, but you've got it right. We did have 144 rejections for chicken soup. And what they really said, because I was writing with Dr. Jack Canfield, they actually said, hit the road, Jack. And and I said, look, I'm a nice guy. <laughs> like, You're like, so can I stay? Because I'm Mark. <laughs> That's not true. Jack's wonderful. But way back in graduate school, I'd been with Dr. R. Buckminster Fuller, a genius who finished Einstein's work and lots of inventions, 40 books, all that. And I tried to be him and went bankrupt for $2 million in one day. 
and I went bankrupt in 1974 so fast, I had to check a book in the library, How to Go Bankrupt by Yourself. <laughs> the, the lawyer out on the street at the, in uh, the Long Island said, look, buddy, for $300, I'll take it bankrupt. I looked at him and said, if I had $300, I wouldn't be going bankrupt. Right, right. So, so I understand down and out. I was sleeping for six months in front of another guy's uh, bedroom in a sleeping bag. So I understand have notness and privation and limitation. But all of a sudden, I asked myself, what do I want? I want to talk to people that care about things that matter that would make a life-changing difference. I go to my roommates in Hicksville, Long Island, New York, and I say to the three guys, I say, I want, I'm asking you guys, is there anybody that, that is young, not a lawyer, not a doctor, not a celebrity, not a famous person that's talking and maybe make money? So I said, look, here's a, a uh, invitation. This guy's speaking out in Hawthorne, Long Island, New York. I jump into both eat up old Volkswagen, I race out there. This guy mesmerized the audience for three hours. I went up to him and I asked at the end, I said, uh, Chip Collins, can I take you to lunch? And, and I said, look, I want to do what you're doing. He said, look, chance you make this one in a thousand, you're not going to make it. It's a tough, tough business. Stay out in real estate. That's my market in five boroughs of New York. You go somewhere else, but life insurance, I'll tell you what to do. Well, I did a thousand talks a year for the first three years. Only Tony Robbins and I, when we were talking, did that much. I mean, I'd be talking at six in the morning if somebody had me at 10, at two, at 10, and selling in between. So I was doing a lot of little offices and it worked. They said, well, that story ought to be in a book. And the first book I did, this is not it, but it was Stand Up, Speak Out, and Win. We sold 20,000 copies from the platform. I said, this is my bestseller. Yeah. Not a world bestseller, not a national bestseller, my bestseller. And they all wanted it. Science. So I was, I was, I thought I'd died and gone down. I thought I have arrived, and then yeah. I didn't know that I'd write this many books and have so much fun. Now your story, Hutch. No, no, that's it's great. I to me, it was is that moment when I mean, it was like early crowd crowdfunding before Kickstarter was a thing to get to get the series started. I was kickstarting it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's brilliant, and I think a lot of people would have just sat there and felt like. No, we're, I'm a failure. This isn't going to happen. Look at everyone who knows has said no, so I should just walk away from it. Right. I mean, 144 rejections. Mark's pretty tough. I mean, he's a bold asker. asker and you're talking about that story that Charlie Green submitted for our book, and he was sitting in church, and Mark came to speak at the church that day, and he said, Mark really just touched the audience so totally with his with his um, um, talk. And then at the end of it, he holds up this manuscript and says, this is my book and we need to get it published. I'm going to ask you guys all to pray for me that we're going to sell a million copies. And they all did. And then he's, he said, and I'm going to ask you to fill out this, <laughs> this, yes. uh, this uh, order form, even though I don't have the book, put your credit card down, I'll send it to you. Yeah. And they all did. Charlie goes, it was unbelievable. Everybody said yes, because yeah. part of it was the value that Mark brought to the audience. And, you know, they were, they really enjoyed him and wanted to support him. And we talk about that a lot um, as we travel around the world, just sort of that whole value circle. It's really important when you're asking for something to also ask what value you're providing. Yeah. You know, you want to make sure that you're, you're always providing great value for the capital return that you're asking for. So you, you, you endeared yourself to them. You created a relationship. And I mean, that's one of the stories in the book then is about like relationships that work and those that don't. And that signals what's the balance of question asking versus question answering. Um, so it is really interesting. 
Exactly. Yeah, with Ask really Now, we're on another podcast with a guy, great guy named Scott Carson. He says on twice, he liked it. And, and Scott said, hey, wait a second. Listen, everyone out there, I want you to get Mark and Crystal's book, Ask. And then I want you, and we are inviting everyone to go to for free to askthebookclub.com. And starting in August, we're going to answer once a month any questions they got so we can have a fraternity. But he said, I want you to do something else. You probably, because of COVID-19, know somebody that's depressed, despondent, disconsolent, upset, or have lost it all. Do them a favor. Go buy 10 of these books and give them out to those people. and Ask them if you can talk to them and help them ask through their ask journey. And I went, oh, my God. So what happened is we're building this ask journey because if everyone starts to ask, we can rebuild a world that works for 100% of humanity. And I, I understand that's idealistic. And if you're listening and upside down right now, you go, that must be nuts. But I listened to positive takes when I was bankrupt and upside down. I couldn't afford to feed myself. So I'm crystal clear that a change of mind, a heart and soul yeah. will take you to new hurrahs. Yeah. No, well said. Crystal, you got to give us your story. So, yeah, I think one of the most difficult times in my life was when I was very young. I um, was one of those kids that found high school really easy. And so I accelerated my curriculum, graduated age 16, and married my boyfriend who was five years older than I. Not a great life plan, right? But so two and a half years later, I'm, you know, we're divorced. I have a baby on my hip. I'm in a new city. Uh, Didn't have any family or friends there. And literally no idea how I was going to support myself. And um, so all I could think of was to go get food stamps. So I applied for the food stamps. And I remember standing in the line at the grocery store that day, getting ready to turn the food stamps over for my groceries. And all of a sudden, this I, I had this epiphany. And it was like a light was shining on my head. And I, and I first of all, I, a question dropped into my head. It was, first of all, how did I get here? Mm. And the second, followed by a second question that was, are you doing the best you can to get out of this or are you taking the easy way out? And the second I asked myself that question, I knew the answer. I knew that I wasn't doing everything I could to get out of the situation. And I knew that I probably was taking the easy way out. And so as I was turning those food stamps over, I had so much conviction. I mean, it happened like, it's like time slowed down because I had so much conviction that I, I said, I was saying it in my own mind. I didn't say it to the cashier, but I said, this will not be my future in, you know, mentally. And I never even used the food stamps again. I think I threw them away. I didn't even use the rest of them. I went home and I just started asking myself questions because I didn't have any answers. Yeah. I only had questions. And that's the reality for a lot of us. We don't have the answers, but we always have questions. Yeah. And so first question, you know, how can I make money tomorrow? How can I earn? What is out there for me? And I'd been hearing on the radio, these temporary service agencies. So I called Kelly services and, uh, they said, you need to sign up and give us your qualifications and we will, um, I think I might've had to take a test and then we'll start to send you job opportunities. So I started doing all these jobs, working in attorney's offices, going, doing sales at conventions that would come through town or whatever. And, um, started, you know, really understanding a lot about myself. I realized that I really liked business and sales and that I love people. I love being out with people and working together. And so I decided to put myself through real estate school. Um, And at the same kind of that same time period, someone had approached me and said, you should do some modeling. You should do some modeling. So I approached 
the biggest agency in town and asked them if they would sign me, which thankfully they did. And I did some television commercials that ended up going national. So when you, that happens, you join Screen Actors Guild and I've got these great benefits, like insurance benefits for myself and my son. So literally just a little more than a year and a half after that time that I was turning over those food stamps to the cashier, I was now working for the biggest home builder in our valley. I became the number one realtor for our company and I was getting these residuals um, and benefits from from the modeling job. So it was like, I often thought back about that and I thought that was such a pivot in my life. And I could have, I mean, it was really one of those crossroads. I, if I had just, it would have been so easy for me just to sink into my misery and say, you know, I have every excuse. I'm a single mother, you know, but I'm so glad I took the other path because Mm. you end up, you know, thousands of miles apart. And it, it really was an absolute life changer for me. And I think for all of us, these moments that arise, if we're able to ask ourselves those tough questions and then even more importantly, answer them honestly, yeah. you know, have the courage to answer it honestly. And, and sometimes it takes a little toughness on yourself, kind of being your own parent and, and being strong inside to, to make that, you know, make that decision that you're going to, you're going to move forward and you're going to answer, answer it honestly. Yeah. We, we may not have time for all seven, but I do want to get into those barriers, the things that are right. stopping us. Yeah. Right. No, it's so important. The seven roadblocks to asking because we all have them. And uh, I'm just going to go through the list and then we will um, we we can can go through them. Couple, yeah. Unworthiness, naivete, doubt, fear, excuses, pattern paralysis. And then the, I think the one that's the saddest of all is disconnection because that disconnection just means you've you've given up you're you're so disconnected from the dreams in your heart that you're you just aren't even willing to even ask for anything anymore Mm. and that's that's kind of that apathetic state of life and and that's really sad because none of us should be there we're all here to live this life fully yeah i see it going so hand in hand with the unworthiness piece of it it's this notion that we're not good enough how so i mean i imagine each of them is is a separate idea but it's life. You can't pull everything apart. There's an, there's an intertwinedness to the seven. Right, right. There is an intertwinedness. Um, but I think unworthiness is really a, a huge one for most people. There's this sense of unworthiness. We might, might have, you know, conditioning from our childhood, from life's events, whatever little things happen that we created a perception in our mind, well, maybe we're not good enough or maybe we don't deserve it or all these things. And so it's so important to start questioning yourself and, and really awareness is the first thing. When you become aware of your roadblocks, that's like a huge gate opening. Yeah. You know, you, then you can step through it. We had one of the guys we interviewed was a, a superstar in his own right, uh, Greg Haig. But he said, until I heard, then he interviewed us to all of his realtors across the country because he's got a very fast growing billion dollar company. And he said, holy cow, I just heard you tell me the Bob Proctor story, which is our story under unworthiness. I can go there. But he said, I didn't ever see myself as unworthy until that story. And he said, I'm in eighth grade. My dad's nickname is Chubby. And that's why I wrote Chubby Rules. This is one of the books he wrote. And he said, so I thought I should be chubby like dad because I respected him. I admired him. And he said, I'm in eighth grade and I weigh over 200 pounds. Now he's a beanpole. He's as tall. You know, if he weighs 140 pounds and he's six foot tall, 
he weighs a lot because he's super skinny, very agile, active, 70 year old. But the point is, he said, I never saw it until I heard you guys tell that story. And he told it on air with us. It sort of got me. He said, I was tearing up. He said, I'm in eighth grade. I weigh 200 pounds. I, I love the girl next door. I want to take her to prom. I've told my dad, Chubby, Chubby, I'm going to take the girl next door to prom. And he says, well, son, just go upstairs and use a phone. Because of his age, you know, it's an old dial-up phone. He said, every night I went, the phone was red. It talked to me. He says, you haven't got the courage to call her. You know she's going to go out with a football player, not you. Turns out later on, his dad says, well, did you get the day? He said, no, no, she's going with a football player. He said, the worst thing about low self-esteem and feeling unworthy is I lied to my father. He said, under no circumstance would I ever do that. Mm. But he said, that's how, back to your word, entangling and intertwined, that's how entangling unworthiness is. And what Crystal correctly said is the minute you're built, willing to look at it objectively and not subjectively and say, hey, wait a second, I'm going to disentangle. I'm going to get rid of unworthiness. I'm going to start doing one of the models we got in the book is 50 times a day, you need to say, I'm, I'm enough, I'm enough, I'm enough, I'm enough. Because most of us don't feel like enough. And that's why the whole Sparky story, you know, yeah. Charlie Brown works because all of us have some, I'm not enough. Yeah. Uh, I love that. And I do think not calling like that, that's the quintessential story is like, you want to ask someone out or you, you want to raise or, you know, whatever it may be, but asking for something you genuinely want. And it's not really about the rejection. It's about the confirmation in my eyes that you're not worthy. So to lead with that one hit me as like, yeah, that's the real reason you're not doing it is because you're afraid they're going to say no. And then that voice inside of you is going to say, see, I told you, you're not good enough. Boy, is it true. And, you know, the research we did on asking others for things, I mean, we're all so scared that, you know, well, first of all, going into the studies, they found that people thought they were going to be either perceived as being pushy or obnoxious if they asked right. for something, or they would be perceived if they're asking for questions or just advice or information, they'd be perceived as being, you know, ignorant, stupid, uninformed. But the opposite is true. You know, if you're willing to just ask, there's an 80% more likely chance that your, your request would be granted. So that's a really high probability. Um, and so there's no reason not to ask. We just need to get over our own insecurities and fear that really aren't the truth. It's just stored programming. And this is, you know, as a transformational life coach and clinical hypnotherapist, I talk about this a lot, is really kind of going deep in a quiet space in your mind and saying, you know, where, where did those things start? Where did that unworthiness stop, start? And how can I just weed it out? Yeah. And I have a lot of audios that help people do that at crystalvisionlife.com. There's, you know, freedom from anxiety, depression, starting over, all those things. But it's important for us to go through those processes where we're, we don't let the past control our future. And that's really what it's about. Yeah. That, so I could, you guys probably have other things to do. I could go for another six hours. Um, <laughs> you, so you just mentioned one of your websites. I, I do want to link to those. So for people listening, um, they're probably still reeling from when you said 80% and they're like, she must've said 18% say yes. Like, no. So <laughs> that's one thing. Um, but we will link to everything, including directly to the book. This is one that you, you got to at least start for yourself. And, you know, Mark, your, your story about like, grab it for others. Um, I think that's one of the most heartfelt things you can do is recognizing that it's, it's not pointing them out. It's not calling them out for being not good enough. It's saying, Hey, we're all struggling. We're all down. This helped me. I'd love to help you like take it 
from a compassion point and not a judgment point. And it is really tangible and straightforward. And the stories, obviously, like you heard me go on about that, but the stories are great. Yeah, so the websites are, we want them to join free. Askthebookclub.com. That's our, that one website. The other is, obviously, if they want, I'd love them to go to markvictorhanson.com and see all those videos we've got in that. And then Crystal, want to give yours? crystalvisionlife.com if they need extra resources for, you know, some of that inner work. And then, of course, um, mainly just get the book. It's on Amazon. The book is such a, you know, if we do say so ourselves, it's a great tool. And that's that's why we took the time to write it. You know, it's we really feel like it's a message and it's a tool that anyone can use, anyone yeah. can deploy, and anyone can get great value from it. So, And we love to hear from people. So please connect with us as well on I'm at Crystal Dwyer Hansen on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of the above, um, LinkedIn. And of course, he's at Mark Victor Hansen on all of the above. <laughs> and I will, I will link to all those. And uh, the book club idea is brilliant. That is, because how often do you get to go through a book and actually connect with the people behind it? There's so much you can take because so much doesn't make it in there or just in the conversation, you get even deeper on it. Well, by the way, you know, because I teach people how to write a book. I wrote a book called You Have a Book in You, and I want everyone to write their book because I believe it makes you wiser, deeper, richer, smarter, and, and you read more. And what what's true is that once you start to do it, you start to unfold. And, and one of the 38 principles I teach is that you got to do sequels and prequels because what, exactly what you said, your mind starts to enlarge. And that's what we're saying about question, right? Because you were willing to ask a spiritual thing. When Jesus said, you know, where I am, you may be also. And what he's talking about is, I, I think, the interpretation, I believe, is the dimensionality of mind. Well, the dimensionality of mind, and Crystal was saying awareness, you know, comes, as far as I can tell, only by asking. Now, somebody's going to write you and say, Mark's wrong, this is 10 other ways to do it, and we'll listen. And you'll send it to us, and we'll go, wow, that's great. Because the discussion is where the value is. Yeah. That's where we say, I mean, it's ask, right? Like, if we don't ask, if we don't engage, if we don't talk about it, then there's kind of no point to any of the content out there. It's the whole point is to get our brain, sorry, but get our brains into it, right? That's where the value lies. Yeah. And that's why we did the book club. So we're super excited about it. We're going to be starting them up in August, like Mark said. So just, and it's askthebookclub.com and you can just go there and join it. Excellent. Mark and Crystal, thank you so much for joining me today. It was really, um, really inspiring conversation. Fantastic book. So appreciative of you guys being here. Ready to help me close things out? Yeah. Today is a new day. So go out and do it. Each and every one of us has its infinite potential. And this is the only time we can realize it in that present moment that you'll make your life majestic, wonderful, and the masterpiece that only you can make. Really well said. Thank you both very much for coming on. Thank Thank you. you. It's been our delight. It's really good, solid stuff. Super usable. You should pick up the book. And I love that they're doing this book club idea. Totally free. How else and when else do you get to connect with the people behind the idea and not have to pay for it? I mean, that's huge. But the people you're talking to know what they're talking about. They've literally been researching this. They didn't just go off and write a book. There's actually a lot of background study years of experience behind it and obviously they brought in lots of other people i do want you to reflect as you think about whether this book is for you and where you stand on the spectrum of asking for what you need what you want using it to figure out your destiny what's holding you back 
you know, is it that sense of unworthiness? Is it doubt? Is it fear? Like Crystal ran through the seven roadblocks. I know at least one of those things is resonating for you. Are you just disconnected from your life as a whole? A lot of us are. This is normal. The good news is there is a path out of it. And I love that they share different stories and guidance to help you get there. But the real meat comes through discussion. So do check out that book club idea, askthebookclub.com, and you can interact with them and others reading the book in real time, get more out of it. Um, It's not a short book. It's not crazy long, but it reads pretty fast because it's just enjoyable and natural. And, you know, it's like stories. And so you can take it in bits and pieces. And yeah, the intro story with this woman, Michaela, um, I'm excited to see that turn into like a movie, TV production, like whatever. I, I want to watch it and I want to see what happens to her and how her life plays out. It's a really cool concept. So um, kudos to Crystal for coming up with that and writing it. And I would love to check out the longer original version of it not just the kind of abridged version that made it into this book um thank you to the hansons for making time for me and for all of you in the midst of what has been a very busy book launch schedule i'm very appreciative for that and thank you to all of you for asking of yourself that you wanted to hear something inspirational to help you have the tools to move forward that's what this show is all about so thank you for tuning in And if you are liking what this is all about, please do spread the word. It's pretty cool for me when I put out an episode and then I see people on like Instagram who um, shout out the show, you know, share it with people. There's a few people who are like religious about that, which is awesome. So a huge thank you to all of the listeners who consistently um, really stand by what I'm I'm trying to put out. And um, I would just give a shout out to jaybird next level workspace as one of those people who and and i I know he's going to hear this because he listens to every episode often more than once um he's always there and he's posting about it i love that there's a few people like that that are just awesome and um really standing by the show and sharing with others you can do it too if you don't follow me i'm at brian falchuk everywhere super easy to find and easy to tag please do tag me if you're talking about the show or you're sharing it i want to see that i want to say thank you and just show my appreciation for the appreciation and support that you're giving so thank you day doers you guys mean everything to me this is why i do this so you're standing by this project and this uh you know over 100 episodes it's been a long time now really means a lot it's been a couple of years um i'm gonna leave it there give you the space to go and ask for what you really want in life and learn the tools to do it askthebookclub.com subscribe to this show rate review it share it on social tell people who need it where to check it out okay thank you go out and do it and have an amazing fulfilled life <laughs>